0: All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Hey, guys. This is Dr. Eric, the fitness physician. and got another awesome episode of the Relentless Vitality Podcast. I've got an awesome guest I'm excited to have on, a colleague of mine, Dr. Mark Gordon. Calling. we're connecting. He's out there in beautiful California. So hello, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Good.
1: How you doing? And it's beautiful because it's sunny, but it's terrible because of the politics and the lack of water. So my entire grass it needs some uh, IGF-1 and some growth hormone to improve its coloration. I it's bet. dying. Yeah, don't so. get me on that politics tangent. I'll go off for a while. <laughs> I always goat people that I'm on to see which side of the line you're on. There's only one side, the right side. The freedom side. Yeah, exactly. No, the right side. Yes, the double entente.
0: Okay, it is, anyway. <laughs> it is. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. Uh, so, Dr. Mark Gordon's a, a, a legend in the field. He and I, my gosh, I've off, off and on have met at many conferences. I've attended yep. some of his uh, conferences, read his books, all that good stuff. And um, so, he's got some great things. So, I'd like to uh, love to work with the vets like Mark does as well. And I thought it'd be great to bring you on to talk a little bit about. What you do at Millennium and with the uh, Warrior Angel Foundation, um, my my patients and listeners are, I mean, most of what I do is all the, a lot of, tons of peptides, lots of hormone optimization, longevity, anti-aging, you name it. But I've got a lot of guys who, you know, guys that are fighters, got their power lifters, a lot of vets, traumas, head injuries. So you're, you know, be great to get your, uh, your insight. You, I know you've been doing a lot of great things and you've probably done a lot of new things since last, last I spoke. So anyway, so we don't have to give the, you got an impressive resume, but you can just tell everybody who's not heard of you, like a a quick synopsis of what got you into this space, and let's talk about Millennium, what you guys are doing with the veterans. I love it.
1: That works for me, Uh, Eric. I'll try to keep it really short. You know, the way that I fell into this area uh, was because I myself had six traumatic brain injuries, and in the uh, late 90s, started developing all the symptomatology, the depression, the cognitive impairment, and so forth and so on although I never had loss of consciousness, it was just these impacts, you know, some of it was from martial arts, some of it was falling off a bicycle, another one was getting hit by a car, another was three auto accidents from rear ended by women here in California who were doing their nails while driving. And what happened was, uh, you know, I was placed on an antidepressant, and I really wasn't getting better. And my uh, escape is reading. So in the process of being depressed and being, you know, not the greatest father or husband or brother or sister, uh, you know, all the genders in there, uh, but what happened was I read about, you know, the influence of hormones on um, the brain and went and had my labs done. And I was growth hormone, testosterone, and thyroid deficient. Within 90 days of getting on to replenishment, the whole world changed. And that was, let's say, 1997. And then in 2004, I uh, uh, 2004 uh, started working on a new lecture for one of the medical organizations, which was about uh, trauma, hormones, and neuropsychiatry, or you know, psychiatric problems, and found my epiphany article that I talk about out of Turkey, which is on pugilists. Now I had already been taking care of NFL since 1995. And uh, they were getting better both physically and mentally, but because of the restrictions that the industry had, the sports industry had, you know, there wasn't a lot that we can actually do officially. So anyway, in 2004, uh, started developing our treatment protocols for traumatic brain injury. And in 2009, uh, let's see, 2007, wrote a book, Interventional Endocrinology, which became the foundation for a lot of the work that we do in this space. and. Um, there was a chapter that I experimented on in there that was traumatic brain injury. So that was 2007. And then 2009, I started working with uh, Green Beret out of uh, uh, Bragg in North Carolina. And we had a great response. And then I started, you know, working with the vets and active military until 2015, when uh, one of my patients and now partners, the founder of Warrior Angel Foundation, Andrew Moore came into the practice. He was on 13 medications, full-blown alcoholic and suicidal. And within a short period of time, he ends up getting off all his drugs, not drinking, and ends up at Stanford Unite, uh, yeah, Ignite program. It's a business program. He ends up going and writing a book with his brother, Adam Marr, who's an Apache helicopter captain. And they founded the Warrior Angel Foundation. And Andrew goes on to get his MBA at Pepperdine, Uh, He writes the book, the book gets picked up by a a producer, a two-time Emmy award-winning producer and made into the movie called Quiet Explosions Healing the Brain. And it has 10 cases, seven of the cases came out of our practice from all different walks of life, military, uh, football, uh, gymnasts, heart attack patients. And it talked about the relationship between these different diversities of trauma to the brain and how they create the same composite of inflammation in the brain that shuts down your ability to make your own hormones. And so that became the focus of the work. In 2015, I published the TBI, a Clinical Approach to Diagnosis and Treatment, which is the Consolidation of all the technologies and all the science and at the time that I was reading to help formulate what we developed. We developed a biomarker panel, which is uh, 26 laboratory tests that are common laboratory tests that we run and then we process through a computer program called the uh, MOA which is an application in the cloud that interprets the lab's multi-level interpretation, influence of medication on the laboratory results, and it spits out uh, diagnoses, associations, recommendations, and treatment parameters. And that's uh, how we go about assessing and therefore treating people. So, you know, what I do is I work with two factors. One is the neuroinflammation created by daily living. You don't have to have the IED or a blast wave or a car accident. You can be born and have a traumatic birth, or you can have a slip and fall between the ages of birth and one while you're learning how to walk, or between one and five, bicycles, skateboard, roller skates. And we forget these things. And we develop, over the course of time, symptoms. The most common three symptoms that I find in 100% of our military and then also in the civilian population that my daughter, Allison, takes care of, is depression, insomnia, and fatigue. And it all comes about because of documented research showing that inflammation stops your body to take tryptophan and make serotonin. No serotonin, depression. And then serotonin can't be converted to the next chemical, which is melatonin. So you can't sleep. So tryptophan doesn't move forward to serotonin. Serotonin doesn't move forward to melatonin. So you get buildup in tryptophan, which causes fatigue. Everybody's felt it during Thanksgiving. Yep. Eat lots of turkey, you get that fatigue. You have lots of eggnog. You have lots of uh, scotch and vodka and beer like we do. And you get a little fatigue. Then you blame it on the tryptophan, right? Yep. So anyway, so what we address is this neuroinflammation, which interrupts your body brain's ability to make hormones. And what we found in an article, in fact, that came out in 2013, is that if there's inflammation, it'll stop the brain, the specific area of the brain called the hypothalamus, from releasing its hormone that tells the pituitary to produce luteinizing hormone. So a year ago, we started a program where the only thing that we did for our veterans who have low testosterone levels, low luteinizing hormone level, is to put them onto our anti-inflammatory protocol. And that anti-inflammatory protocol ended up six months later with them doubling their level of testosterone. And that's because the reason why you're not making these hormones, and it's also growth hormone and thyroid that get influenced, but we only looked at the uh, testosterone. And the reason why they're deficient is because of the inflammation. And what my battle has really become now is to educate uh, physicians out there about the fact that you don't jump on to testosterone as primary treatment. What you do is you stimulate their system to make its own and I use clomiphene or e or whatever, and you address the inflammation. Because if you go and start using testosterone first line, what you're going to do is commit them possibly for the whole rest of their life. To using injectable testosterone, that's the topical and the pellets, you know, so-so on them. But the injectable is great. But uh, I'm rarely using injectable testosterone these days. We've got over 700 people on clomiphene citrate and it's doing very well without the side effects that they people read about because they're reading about women. Mm. You look at all the studies, they're females. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, yeah. so, well, and obviously you're doing other things too, right? Cause I noticed a lot of guys, I mean, I've had guys, you know, who taken the Clomid they, they work for a bit and then they don't feel, or they don't feel any change at
1: all. They want to go to testosterone. It's but. not, yeah, it's not about feeling it because what we do is every three months we do blood tests. And what we see is that their levels go up. The yep. guys who don't have the levels going <laughs> up, you have to ask deeper into their history. Well, most of our vets have been put on what they call Skittles so what skittles? And it's ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. They were on tons of ibuprofen. Now what happened, happens with ibuprofen, documented in research, is that it stops the receptors for luteinizing hormone on the latex cells, the cells of the testicles that make testosterone. It blocks their uh, luteinizing hormone receptors. So what we've been doing is bypassing that by giving a higher dose of clomiphene citrate. So instead of using 50 milligrams every third day, we might use 50 milligrams every other day or 50 milligrams every day. And you'll define the ability of that individual that you're treating, whether or not they're capable of regenerating their own production. I just finished with a 43-year-old veteran who at 33 to 38 years of age was on 200 milligrams of testosterone cypionate once a week. And, um, at 38, he couldn't get testosterone came into the practice and we went through and we saw that he had, he had 1.7 on free testosterone and like three on total. I've never seen someone so shut down. Wow. Unbelievable. That's like zero zip. Yeah. Yeah. That's like nothing. So that, that is, that is nothing. So what we did was, uh, he had not been on injectable testosterone for a while. So we put him on the Clomid. And he had a very, very, very slight bump up from 1.7 to like four on the free. And he had a bump up from three to like seven. So it told us that he had primary testicular dysfunction. And that dysfunction was precipitated by the chronic use of high dose of testosterone. So what we tried to do is not put people in that place. So a lot of the work that we do, our growth hormone stimulators are... um, are not growth hormone in and of itself so we use secretagogues uh to help stimulate their system to turn back on their own production right so that's the key of our work
0: i remember yeah and i there's so many so many things i want to drill down on there because i love it because i remember you talking about that one in the book actually i think in your lecture about you know, when I see that too, where guys come in and they're on massive doses of testosterone and I, they're having problems and I back them way back down. I said, you don't need that much. I mean, a lot of guys do better on lower doses and they don't believe me, but it's true. Um, join the join the group. Yeah. <laughs> More is better. More is better. Bigger bullets. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know. Um, well, and then the other, the other thing I'd love to talk to you a little bit more is drilling down on that inflammation. Cause I talk about that a lot too, I, you know, inflammation, cellular senescence, all these things are, are damaging the cells. And, you know, it's not just about the hormones, but as you talk about all the neurosteroids in the brain, and if you're not addressing the inflammation, I don't know what you can say about your anti-inflammatory protocol, but reducing inflammation is key for secondary damage. And, and again, unless you fix that,
1: you can put people on the magic bolt. They're not going to get better. Kind of like. Absolutely we have coming to us now are these new clinics that are doing ketamine and that are doing psilocybin. So I've got a project in uh, Jamaica uh, with a Dr. Murray, a Canadian doc who opened up a center in Jamaica for NFL and for veterans to go to. Now, brilliant kid. I say kid because I'm almost 70 next January and he's, you know, in his 40s. So the kid was brilliant because he realized that in order for things like ketamine or for psilocybin to work or ayahuasca or whatever, you need to have the chemistry of the brain at the right balance so that it can do the right work. It doesn't. Everybody thinks that, oh, psilocybin is going to fix everything. No, it doesn't. You need to have the ability. Ability of the psilocybin to be recognized by the different areas of the brain in order for it to work. But as long as you have inflammation, what we know as fact, scientific fact, is that the inflammation creates a deficiency of receptors and of also the hormones, as I just went through, the serotonin melatonin. But it happens with, you know, um, NMDA, with uh, GABA, with uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine, with acetylcholine, with all these neurotransmitters are downgraded because of the inflammation. So the first thing you need to do is what we call restore the neuropermissive environment. This is the environment where everything is balanced out, balanced out in the fact that there's not inflammation going on. And what happens is inflammation turns on a cell in the brain called microglia. That start dumping more inflammation into the brain. So the battle is to suppress the production of inflammation in the brain, so that the brain can heal. Love it,
0: love it, and, and that's spot on too. I mean, I get in uh, discussions with people all the time about you know that inflammation. You know, people you probably see this all the time. Too, people are like, "Oh, I want to, I want to do NAD infusions." You know, and it's like that fixes everything. I'm like, well, no, because if you're inflamed it's going to make it worse. And you're going to feel like crap. You know, you have to address the underlying inflammation. first.
1: That's it. I mean, and as you said, it sounds so basic. And you know what? It is. Mm -hmm. You got a flat tire. What do you do? Your car stops because it has a flat tire. What do you do? Put more gasoline in the tank? You fix the bloody tire. Damn tire. Exactly. That's it. it, (laughs) Fix the hole. Let's talk
0: about that on the like you know, in terms of anti-inflammatory protocols. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that and the neurosteroids, and especially about like, because I, I I always get discussed with people. There's a lot of misunderstanding about things like pregnenolone and DHEA and even progesterone. I mean, a lot of a lot of places you know talk about progesterone in men and. Don't do it because it, there's studies showing infl, worse infl, inflammation. And you don't get progesterone to men, but there's a lot of people who promote it. But pregnant alone, DHEA, progesterone, there's a lot of controversy and misunderstanding. So I'd love to, to drill down that a little bit and get your take on that.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, just so happens on Saturday, I'll be giving a lecture on DHEA and pregnenolone, progesterone, and allopregnenolone. Nice. So, as we know, uh, pregnenolone is called the mother of all hormones. It comes from cholesterol. So, if you mess with cholesterol, you're going to mess with the production of pregnenolone. Also, when you give testosterone and fail to give DHEA and pregnenolone, you shut off 35 brain hormones. Why? because giving supplementation of testosterone shuts off your brain's production of luteinizing hormone, mm-hmm. which is the key hormone that converts cholesterol to, to pregnenolone. Right. So you devastate the entire cascade. So anyway, pregnenolone uh, converts to progesterone and progesterone converts to two other hormones, one called pregnenadiol and the other one allopregnanolone. Well, allopregnanolone is a new pharmaceutical product that they call brexanolone. Mm -hmm. And what it's for is depression, anxiety, and postpartum depression. And they haven't even started to talk about the uh, benefits to sleep because it helps upregulate GABA. GABA is the um, natural valium of the brain. And that's what helps you to get relaxed, fall asleep, get into deep sleep and into REM sleep. So if you're pregnenolone deficient because you're luteinizing hormone deficient because of either trauma, because trauma inflammation shuts the hypothalamus's ability to make a chemical called gonadotropic releasing hormone that turns on luteinizing hormone. So it's a whole cascade, everything's interconnected. So the issue with the pregnenolone going to progesterone is the fact that what does progesterone do in the body? It'll block five alpha reductase. And if you block 5-alpha reductase, you get the effects similar to what happens with what's called the finasteride syndrome. The finasteride syndrome is one in which, you know, uh, the finasteride, um, what is it called? The foundation, the post finasteride syndrome foundation. I sit there as a neuroendocrinologist for them. And they only look at one pathway, which is what finasteride does. And that is stops the conversion of testosterone to DHT, dihydrotestosterone, because that's what 5-alpha reductase does. If you block it, and that's what finasteride does, is it blocks the enzyme. But there's another pathway, and that pathway is between progesterone and allopregnanolone. So the purpose of progesterone is to get it to convert to the allopregnanolone. It's anti-neuroinflammation. It's free radical Um Uh, free radical neutralizing, it's neuro uh, regenerating, it's synaptogenic. Synapses are the connections from one neuron to another that allows for the transfer of impulses from one neuron to another. So it's extremely important for that. So progesterone, if it's too high, can cause grogginess in the morning, stuffy nose. Um, You know, there are issues with uh, uh, libido that can happen because you're too high. So Everything in our body is about being within the optimal window. If you're too high, symptoms that are negative. If you're too too low, symptoms that are negative. Like you said uh, just uh, recently, is that if testosterone is too high, it'll cause negative effects. Well, that negative effect from high testosterone is it turns on something called adenyl cyclase, which is like a speed. So you can have people who go on to testosterone and they become hyper edgy, agitated, aggressive and so forth. That's because they're too high in their testo- free testosterone, which becomes dihydrotestosterone, which stimulates 3-alpha androgen diome, which turns on the uh, adenocyclase, which upregulates you know another chemical, which is the real thing called cyclic GMP. So it's like putting cocaine right IV and then snorting it. And then having a a Red Bull, three Red Bulls. Okay. (laughs) So you get the picture and you're just racing around. So that is the uh, pregnenolone, progesterone, allopregnanolone pathway. And the purpose of pregnenolone is to get progesterone. The purpose of progesterone is to get the allopregnanolone. And there are articles out there showing that when you give testosterone too low, you shut down one's ability to make. Uh, the allopregnanolone and you develop symptoms. So I used to have, or still have a number of guys coming to us who after six months of being with their their first doctor or their prior physician, healthcare provider, um, they went to the healthcare provider four to six months after they started testosterone alone treatment and they complained to the doctor that they weren't feeling as well. So the natural response is, oh, increase your testosterone level because you felt better when you started, increase it and they got worse. And that's because of this issue of shutting off the 35 hormones in the brain because they weren't on DHEA and pregnenolone. DHEA and pregnenolone are both fat soluble. So the best thing to do is take them 15 to 30 minutes after dinner. The benefit of DHEA at night, 15 to 30 minutes after dinner, is that it upregulates growth hormone production by about 10% in males, 15 to 20% in females. The pregnenolone at night gets converted to the allopregnanolone and progesterone, allopregnanolone, and you get great sleep because it upregulates the uh, production of uh, GABA. Now, the beginning, uh, the end of last year, uh, the Veterans Administration started a study in North Carolina uh, with the use of pregnenolone for treating PTSD and wonderful, except the doctor won't respond to any of my calls. I've been using it for 18 years for this purpose and or for emotional turpitude and what have you. And um, I just wanted to share the pitfalls we went through so they don't go through it. So they get a successful quick response. Pregnenolone has been our First was our first game changer for what they call PTSD, which I don't really believe in. Um, That's because um, eight years ago, a hormone of chemokine was found called fractalkin, which helps to keep the brain in a calm state. When you're under stress, cortisol goes up, or when there's inflammation, cortisol goes up, and you lose this chemical called fractalkin and it just allows the cells of the brain the microglia specifically to dump cytokines so they create this vicious cycle of inflammation if you have inflammation you got to remove it in order for you to get better and then the hormones come back online but in the inception we do both we give anti-inflammatory products now you ask what anti-inflammatory products Well, we took us 16 years to develop the product that came out called Brain Rescue 3. Did I send you some? No. I'll have to send you some. Okay. So Brain Rescue 3, it has 16 components in it. Brain Rescue 3 is really made up of three separate products, Clear Mind and Energy, uh, Brain Care 2, and B is for Brain. Uh, Clear Mind and Energy is like a natural stimulant. It helps drop inflammation and gives you a boost up, doesn't have any caffeine added to it. The Brain Care 2 are six components that deal strictly with inflammation in the brain. And then the third product, uh, B is for brain, is a nootropic. It has things like PQQ and CoQ10 in it, which are mitochondria, the energy plants of the cells are the mitochondria. So what we address is boosting their production of energy so that it helps with repairing the brain. If you don't have enough energy, how can you fix things? Yep. You know, if you don't have enough gas in your car. How can you drive from, you know, uh, Columbus, uh, to San Francisco, Columbus, right. Ohio, to San Francisco, impossible,
0: impossible. you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So,
0: yep. No, that's so
1: the, so the products uh, have been doing phenomenally well. Uh, we released them. Uh, first one, we released CME in, uh, March of 2017 to the seals out in Virginia. And, uh, then in, 2019, we did a study with uh, uh, the uh, medics at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. They got a really good response. And then we did a study 2020 with our last product, the brain rescue three with the Marines. So I was invited to Pendleton to give a lecture to the uh, CO and surgeon. And there were 16 or 18 other people in the room. And uh, the next day they ended up sending me guys to get uh, on our protocol. And the protocol was using one product, which is brain rescue three, which yeah. has 16 components, in it. it's based on three finished products. And we had in the group, 65% of the guys got 50 to 100% better in 90 days. That's and awesome. that's based on 20 points on a questionnaire that they filled out every month. <clears throat> so that became our validation that this brain rescue three could be a single product, which addresses inflammation, revitalizing mitochondria and also clearing out some of the cobwebs in the brain. So that has been what we use for, uh, for inflammation. We've got about a thousand patients in the practice between my daughter and I, but we have over 7,000 people who are using the product. And a spin-off side effect of it is people who have long COVID get yeah. rapid resolution of their persistent symptoms. And I wrote about that in May of 2020. It's on my website uh, talking about uh, post-COVID neurological compromise. And, you know, someone came up with long COVID. Wonderful. But it was post-COVID neurological deficit. And it's all based on these inflammatory cytokines. I mean, uh, all new patients, I ask a very silly question. I said, do you get a cold? Do you feel smarter or less smart? And they all say oh less smart i said just like everybody else and that's because whatever the viruses or bacteria it increases cytokine specifically interleukin 6. well it turns out dhea when it's converted to the active form DHEAS, suppresses the interleukins so yeah works better that's awesome
0: that's awesome no i'm a big fan of dha and pregnant alone uh so mm. yeah very cool Very good. Good. Yeah, no, that's, that's why it. I liked you. <laughs> I always people always ask me like, why do you want me taking this DHA and I try to explain to them what you just said that, you know, you're on testosterone, whatever you're shutting down production and you need it. Right. And, you know, it's not like it's not. I tell them, I say, it's not like you're drinking a Red Bull, you're going to feel amazing, but it
1: has benefits. Just trust right. me. Right. <laughs> it avoids the shutdown of thirty five hormones four to six months down the road. Right. See, oh, yeah. everybody's looking for. I feel the difference. Yeah. Kind of statement. Right. Okay. You'll feel the difference in functionality. You just find that, you know, I've got people complaining. And so when they come to me and complain, I stop their program. Yeah. yeah. And two weeks later, they come back to doc. I didn't realize how much benefits I was getting. That's yeah. because it's subtle and you assume that's what the it, way it's supposed to be. Right. You know, right. absolutely. <laughs> you
0: got to do some tricks. Yeah. Are you still using progesterone for, for uh, TBI uh,
1: real bad? I don't know. I was using five milligrams at night. And the reason for using the five milligrams at night was to help boost their um, their GABA. Mm-hmm. So what happened to stop me from using the progesterone was looking at the conversion rate of pregnenolone to progesterone, number one, and then um, looking at the timing that they were given the pregnenolone. In the past, we used to have them take it at bedtime. Yeah. What happened was pregnenolone is a fat soluble hormone. So you have to be, you have to give it relative to food. Mm-hmm. Right. So the only reason why I added the pre- progesterone was because they weren't getting the quality of sleep we were looking for. Mm. And it wasn't because of anything more than they were not absorbing the pregnenolone because the time that I gave it to them was not correct, was not optimizing absorption. So we moved it all to 15 to 30 minutes after dinner. And I stopped using the progesterone. Perfect, perfect. But I monitor their progesterone, and yes, pregnenolone as it gets absorbed well, you'll see an uh, uptick in their progesterone level. Yeah, excellent. What
0: about like dopamine and dopamine issues and optimization? Obviously, your your supplements are probably addressing a lot of that too. But that comes up quite a bit, and especially with guys who are having issues with drive and libido and other things like that. So, Mm -hmm.
1: how do you? How does one measure? How do we measure dopamine? Directly?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a good way to do it. You could look at the You metabolism. got it. That's about it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So what we have is what's called a surrogate marker. Yeah. Now, a surrogate marker is reflection of dopamine. So what one hormone in the brain is regulated by presence and absence of dopamine? And that is? Well, prolactin. You got it. So when dopamine's up, prolactin goes low. Yep. When prolactin is low, it's because dopamine is high. So the side effects of high elevated levels of dopamine are things like edginess, agitation, insomnia, um, vol- emotional volatility, where they just fly off the handle. Yep. And that is uh, from dopamine. Now there are certain medications that will increase dopamine, like Welbutrin, bupropion, L-DOPA. All the Parkinson drugs will increase the production of dopamine. So the side effect of dopamine, you have to be weary of. And you can tell by the surrogate marker of prolactin. Now, when dopamine is low, prolactin is high. And when prolactin is high, 20s, 30s, 40s, it's normally about... uh, what, uh, nine to 14 or eight to 14-ish in our lab. And when it gets elevated, a side effect of elevated prolactin is it shuts off luteinizing hormones. So you can't make testosterone and estradiol. So testosterone guys, estradiol females. So we monitor prolactin on our initial assessment. And then based upon if it's elevated or not, we'll repeat it, but we incorporated into our annual exam, which is our panel. It's our uh, primary biomarker panel. And um, so prolactin and dopamine, dopamine, you know, that's how you can tell about dopamine because you can't get it from urine. You can't get it from blood. You can do a spinal tap. How many volunteers for spinal tap out there? Not too many. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, and I used to do a lot of them. Yeah, you know, in residency. Yeah, yeah, long time ago. Yeah, eons ago. So what? And then
0: uh, we talked a little bit offline ahead of time, but uh, you know, you and I both use a lot of peptides, and I know you you talked about the secretagogues for a long time too. What's what's changed in your when your therapeutic approach to growth hormone and IGF one et cetera in that regard?
1: Well, um, first off, um, I'm also on Saturday giving the uh, growth hormone lecture too. Nice. Um, it's important that when you first do your blood testing on any patient that you do the growth hormone, IGF-1, and binding protein three. And the reason is that your growth hormone level traditionally should be very low in the morning. And that's because it's normally made eight at night to four in the morning. And then you get your blood drawn at what? Nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock. So you expect it to be low because it only has a 20 minute half-life free form and a 30 minute half-life as attached to the growth hormone binding protein. So by the morning, it's low. And a lot of people react to the low growth hormone level, which is wrong. It's supposed to be low. What you need to react to is where the IGF-1 and binding protein three is. Now, I'll jump ahead to the binding protein three, which is directly produced by the effect of growth hormone on the liver. Well, it turns out there are nine proteins that are stimulated to be produced in the liver by growth hormone production between eight at night and four in the morning. And that's your IGF-1, your IGF-2, binding protein one, two, three, four, five, six, they just found a seventh, and um, the uh, acid labile subunit. So these proteins are generated in the liver by growth hormone stimulation. So as I said, IGF-1 is one of the uh, stimulants or the reactants to the stimulation by, by growth hormone. Well, in the brain, to digress a little bit, in the brain, what helps growth hormone production is estradiol male female yep in the liver the production of igf1 is by growth hormone and estradiol so you can see a pattern in people who are on estrogen blockers like fulvestrant citrate tamoxifen and so forth you can see a selective reduction in the production of igf1 so just be aware of that you don't have to respond to it unless there's a reason to respond to it so when you're looking at the binding protein three, it's half-life is 24 hours. Right. So the most reliable marker for how well growth hormone was produced at night is not growth hormone, is right. not IGF-1, it's the binding protein three. Right. So you should see the binding protein three at the 50th percentile of your lab's range. For our lab, it's five, or it used to be 5,000, it's five. So if it's above five, that's good. Why is that good? Because you have adequate amount of the carrier, the primary carrier for IGF-1 to take it through the body. A secondary benefit of binding protein three is the fact that it's a major Mm anti-cancer product in the nucleus. So where cancers develop is by aberration of DNA at the nucleus. We have a product there called P57 or uh, yeah, P53, which is responsible for killing the cell if there is a mutation that it can't fix. And what supports it is binding protein 3. So p53, binding protein 3, p21 and p23 are the, all the things that go and help to kill the cell apoptosis if it is mutating. That's why this statement that growth hormone will increase and cause cancer is not true. Yeah. It's I, not true. I still
0: get into, people still ask me about that when I talk to them about peptides and putting them on like, you know, CJC epimoralin or, you know, test They're like, well, I heard that growth hormone can cause cancer. I'm like, no, this is why, you know, yes, you can raise your IGF-1, but IGF-BP3 is anti
1: and protects you from cancer. So that's it. Yeah. You know, and, so you know, round and round. It, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And even, even my esteemed colleagues out there, you know, I give them the papers, which shows that, okay, IGF-1 is promitotic, And that's all they focus on. Oh, growth hormone will cause cancer development. If you don't, have a, if you don't know you have a cancer and you use it, it's going to make the cancer grow. Prove it. There's Perfect. not a right. damn article out there that says prove it. It's all speculative. Right. But here's what I can prove is what the science says. If IGF-1 is pro-mitotic and binding protein 3 is anti-mitotic, and the binding protein three grabs hold of the IGF one and inactivates it theoretically. Right. Where's the cancer? Yeah. What's well, going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who <wins> that? <laughs> I, mean, I, I laugh, but I try not to be disrespectful because right. it's just a matter of level of uh, education. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm ignorant, but there are a lot more sometimes. <laughs> So are you, are you, uh, have you latched
0: on to some of the peptides as well? Are you still mo- more fo- using more of the secretagogues or both? or?
1: Um, well, I use the secretagogues whenever I do have a situation where I need to use growth hormone. And the need to use cases are in people who are preoperative or people who have fractured something, orthopedic injury, that are going in for surgery. It rapidly helps them to heal rapidly helps them. Now, the reason why I use secretagogue with injectable growth hormone is the same reason why I use clomiphene with injectable testosterone. The clomiphene, just like the secretagogue, protects the integrity of the circuitry. Right. If you're constantly in negative shutdown over a period of time, that circuit will die and you lose it. As in this 43-year-old veteran who, after five years of being on 200 milligrams a day uh, a week for five years, killed his system. So, what we do is we give the injectable growth hormone in the morning and we use the peptide, the secretagog, secretropin, or dinotropin at a bedtime. Okay. And what that does is keeps their circuitry working, the tone or the tonus or the homeostasis, whatever term you want to use the same way that we use what we call the hybrid protocol that we developed in 2012 or 13, where we use clomiphene citrate and low dose injectable blended testosterone, mm. blended testosterone with the, um, with the, uh, testosterone sipionate and testosterone propionate. Propionate gets into the system, into the brain rapidly, gets rapidly converted. It reservoirs in the area that you inject, but the minute it gets into the blood, this separates from the ester and becomes available as free testosterone. Where the testosterone sipionate, you know, it takes 48 hours for it to, disep- to disassociate. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, the uh secretagogues i still use for frontline and only if there's a condition that warrants me going to injectable will i go to injectable you know someone who has a traumatic brain injury subsequent traumatic brain injury and they are having difficulties i'll put them on three months of growth hormone and stop it Mm -hmm. and they rebound incredibly well also they, they lose body fat
0: yeah, you mentioned earlier talking about the the people you have on Clomid or in Clomafenic, and because of the, uh, the effect, you could have some effect on the IGF-1, except that's why I was curious if you're using it more often in those patients because of that or not.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, in those people where it really gets suppressed, which I don't see it that often because I don't use daily Clomafen, Yeah. so I pulse it. And that's what, you know, our three-year veteran project in 2014, 15, 16 was all about. And that's how I ended up stopping 17 years of injectable testosterone and going on to boom it, yeah. okay? And boom, okay? <laughs> is because, is because um, the results were so impressive. So that's why we have over 700 people on the Clomid right now. So we use Clomid and testosterone together in the hybrid protocol. And it means that if they wanna go on a vacation or a holiday from their injectable, they stop that and continue on the Clomid, they don't crash. Take your guys that have been on testosterone for a year and then tell them you can't write their prescription for another two months and see what happens to them during that two months that they're off. See what happens within two weeks. Right. See what happens within 10 days. For sure. They crash and burn. Yeah. They have no recovery. And then the argument, oh, excuse me, the discussion I get in with some, very rare now, is, Doc, how come everybody else is using beta-HCG or clomiphon after your cycle? I said, that's a great question. Think of this. You get into your brand new Porsche and you drive 60 miles an hour into a brick wall <laughs> Then you put your seatbelt on. <laughs> right. There you go. That's a great analogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is we start by putting the seatbelt on to protect your system. The worst thing that we can do as physicians in this hormone replacement you know, arena is to do greater harm under the guise of helping. So education we give to our patients, as I know you do, and that's why you're doing well, we educate our patients to bring them up to a level of science, not of what the bodybuilding world, you know, unless you're Lou Allen, who writes that great book on steroids, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I've read them. Uh, we've talked. Yeah. So anyway. So the first thing is primum nocera, first do no harm. That means education and trying to turn on their own system. So we try to turn on their system from growth hormone. We try to turn it on with GABA. We try to turn it on with testosterone. And if we win, we win. If we fail, we go to plan B. Right. Exactly. Okay. But we don't start off with plan B. Everybody gets on injectable testosterone because... You're creating a permanent scenario. And then seeing these guys that are 21, 18, 23, 27 year old, just recent, who's on 200 milligrams of testosterone a week, you know, and I'm saying, wow, wow. So I say to the guys, go back to your doc and ask him just this question. What the, what amount of testosterone does a healthy 25 to 35 year old male make per day? Hmm. And then get his answer and let me know. Right. And most of the times they don't have a clue that it's between four and 10 milligrams a day, 28 to 70 a week. So then the question becomes, if you're a healthy strapping 25 to 35 year old male and you're making four to 10 milligrams a day, why are you getting two to three times right. that amount? Right. Right. Yeah. More is not better. Right. More Absolutely. is F your system up. <laughs> I, I said yeah. F. Okay. You can, E-F. You, can, you can cuss all you want to hear it's all good no no I, I usually don't do that uh when i was on uh, i think the first rogan 10 years ago yeah. he's yeah. swearing up the hell and i made the mistake of uh almost saying a word he says no you can go ahead and say that i said there's so many better words out there right you exactly. know there's so many better and then my my mother rest her soul uh was heavily into english and she would get on my case You know, there are other words you can use instead of fuck you, you know. (laughs) Love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And then my older sister, Adele, is a PhD in English. She teaches English teachers how to teach English. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now what she's doing is teaching English teachers how not to teach politics. Oh, wow. that's She's got her work cut out for her. Yeah. She's in Florida,
0: fortunately. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) One of the right states like we were talking about. Yeah
1: the state that's why i have a license a medical license in in, uh, florida yeah i know i've got florida
0: what's that yeah me too oh good for you yeah we
1: should open something
0: there i've been talking about i've been thinking about it for sure absolutely well let me know okay if we could keep ron in the in in place down there for a long time that'd be no
1: no 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 he's going to be out of there in 2024 and in the right place he will be he will be Yeah, yeah absolutely i think so anyway sorry anybody who we we apologize for any political <laughs> statements here, but, you know, gotcha. life is life. Life is life, exactly, Zach. So. Well, good. Yeah. I'll
0: be cognizant of your time, so tell me what's next for Millennium, what's that for the Warrior Angels Foundation, What's what's what good things are happening, What and what else can well, you do to raise awareness and get people help and support and things of that nature?
1: Well, that's great. Um, I just uh, submitted a, a paper to what's called the, uh, not I, warrior angel foundation and i have uh, presented a paper to uh, MissionDaybreak.net. it's a 20 million dollar purse for 30 entities that can come up with a solution for stopping veteran suicides mm. now we've had this in place since 2009 Um, a lot of the other ones, uh, a lot of, there were 1300 submissions. I'm number one of 1300 submissions. So, you know, what are the odds there? But we have many years since 2009. And then uh, with Andrew from 2015 on with the heavy dense, with the density of military that we've been taking care of. um, And we presented, and I'll send you a copy of it. I don't know if I you didn't receive it, so I'll send you a copy of it. And it's on my website for anybody who's okay. interested in reading about it. On the website, if I may, is uh, www.tbihelpnow.org, And it's under the science. Uh, no, I take that back. It's under the homepage. It's the bottom of the homepage. Okay. Anyway, so this project uh, was to make a suggestion of a solution. And there's two parts to it overview of what the suggestion is. And then the second part is the scientific support for what it is. So, you know, because of the work that I've been doing since, you know, 2004, I've got a lot of data that I shoveled into it. And then I presented the software package that we have that, do you have a copy of it? Hmm. Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's uh, in the cloud. It's, um, You know, I came out with the TBI book in 2015, and a lot of people complained that there was so much information and it's impossible to take it from that two-day, three-day, one-day program and start using it on Monday. So um, I spent the last eight years writing the software. It's seven years in. We launched it September of last year, and it's in the cloud now. And uh, there's a website, if you can go to millenniumapp.ai, and you can... um, Request a trial version of it and uh, play with it. And what it does is it is a multi-level cross-correlational relationship of hormones. It's like prolactin is elevated. What else gets elevated from prolactin elevated directly? TSH gets elevated by prolactin being elevated. Right. So TSH, when it's elevated, will increase prolactin. So if you TSH is elevated, you increase prolactin, you decrease luteinizing hormone. So it's not a matter of having a luteinizing deficiency. It's a matter of this cascade of influence. Right. So the software actually tells that. And in fact, in Florida, we have a psychiatrist, um, uh, Paradise uh, Behavioral Health, phenomenal psychiatrist who got burnt out on psychiatry, came and got trained by us last March, now is healing the people that have schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, by first testing their hormones using our biomarker panel, then putting it into the computer solve the application, right. and she calls me up and she says I put in a patient's results and it said it's suspicious for a pituitary tumor, so right. she sent them to get a MRI and there was the tumor. Wow. So built into this, it took me, you know, fifteen years of uh, writing uh, code to get this this nine thousand lines of code. Wow, but um, the uh, mission daybreak is about what we've established, what we've been doing, and hopefully someone will take a serious look at it and consider it for being one of the award winners for 250000 Honestly, I don't need the money, which is an arrogant, stupid thing to say, but thank God for what I've been doing to generate funds for funding our veterans program. I'm self-funding. Warrior Angel Foundation is a charity. So people donate to it. I donate to it. But for me and all the work I do with the vets, it's based upon the products I develop, the books, the products, and 60% of that goes into helping our veterans. We just lowered uh, cost by another, what, 18%. That's awesome. Yeah, 18%. And I'm trying to get down another, that's going to be 27%, you know, trying to get it low until the VA Department of Defense, VA picks up what we're doing. And what makes this whole program scalable is the software. Yeah. And in March, I finished my MIT uh, program, uh, which is um, Sloan School of uh, Management in artificial intelligence in um, healthcare. Oh, wow. So I presented through the last uh, the six week program, uh, presented the software and it was validated by the way it was designed and everything and the outcome and this and that and all the terminology that they used on me that i said wait a second let me look that word up you know computer language versus medical so we've got a lot of things in play to make the to to get to the end our goal our goal is to stop the suicides in veterans that's it right nothing more now we've got almost 600 people in our program that's a good start but we need to get the other 400,000, 405,000 that are suffering, right. and that's the key. So Warrior Angel Foundation and uh, SOA, S-O-A-A, which is Special Operations Association, Special Operators Association of America out of uh, Washington with uh, Daniel Elkins. Uh, it's an organization that's trying to get us a foothold into the government. Uh, we've developed a foothold in uh, Texas we were invited to give the, the movie Quiet Explosions, which you can find on Amazon Prime. Um, the movie that was written, the book was written by Adam and Andrew Marr called A Tale of the Blast Factory or Tales from the Blast Factory that was picked up and made into Quiet Explosions. Uh, I was called by one of the secretaries of the VA after they saw the movie, wanted to know how we can help. But a lot of people asking how we can help and I'm telling them. and there's just, there's gotta be resistance. I mean, maybe they don't want to fix it. So what we're doing, so what we're doing is one person at a time, just keep on moving forward, moving forward. That's it. So warrior angel foundation was instrumental with governor Rick Perry, ex governor, Rick Perry, Morgan Luttrell, who's running for Congress, Morgan and Marcus Luttrell, Marcus Luttrell was lone survivor. The movie of the uh, Navy seal. Right. Um, Also, uh, Baylor University. Also, I got a, you know, I don't know what they call it, but uh, say his name, Alex Dominguez, who is uh, represented for the state of Texas, who brought us into the Capitol for Andrew and Jerry Shear, who produced the movie to show the movie at the Capitol. Got a lot of positive response from that. Uh, Fort Hood, I'm just waiting for the invitation to Fort Hood. We've got a major there from there that he's now retired who in two, two months on our programs, 40% better getting off medication back full-time working in a really good job, you know, so we've been able to influence life. So warrior angel foundation, SOA, and then the millennium health centers all working in unison to try and get the word out there.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool to hear. I love, I love hearing those stories. So um, everyone listening, please uh, check out the site, warrior angels foundation, donate, uh, raise awareness, spread the word. Uh, greatly appreciating support we can give and send your way. I'm all about it, so we'll make sure we let people know.
1: Absolutely, and um, and you know the the website for our products, uh, if you allow me, is uh, millenniumhealthstore.com, millenniumhealthstore.com, uh, which has a, a specific discount code for Dr. Eric, which is phase two zero two two. P H A S E E two zero two two. That's your checkout code. Okay? okay. So if there's anything you want there from our proprietary products, brain rescue, one brain rescue, three B is for brain brain care, two, and, um, uh, Clear Mind and energy, which I'll get you product out to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you for so yep. much. Yeah. Everybody listen, uh, please take, uh, take advantage of that special offer. That was very gracious of you. Thank you so much. So my pleasure. Yeah. One last question, non-medical. Sure. I would like to ask everybody, but I know you're a very learned gentleman. What, uh, what, what? Any? Are you reading any non-medical books right now? Anything good that you're reading?
1: <laughs> I read three at a time. Nice. And that's only because of the B.S. for brain gives me such clarity <laughs> and ability to read and retain it. So the three books were uh, the um, Computer from Hell. <laughs> okay uh sarah uh sarah um Huck, huckabee's book sarah huckabee's book and then william barr's book william that's another damn yeah yeah nice, nice it it gives you an understanding of real of what was going on in the background but william barr forget about any of the politics just look at what he's from way back with bush you know what he was able to do for crime set up uh committees between uh state and federal level of crime enforcement and how he was able to really suppress um uh, crime activities uh it was lightened under obama and then um when it came to trump it tightened up some and it's his history and he's also a phenomenal bagpiper you know he plays scottish bag scottish bagpiper yeah pipes Without drinking the yeah, no scotch, <laughs> without the scotch, no McCollins. Awesome. So, cool. yeah, so uh, it's interesting. And uh, Sarah's, you know, very religious gal, and she looks at it with, uh, you know, everything with a heart and so forth, and trying to, and it's, it was interesting. It's just about character, uh, you know, how uh, character development in her storytelling, you get to yeah. see what a person she was and what her focus was. You awesome. know, Excellent. and then you get to see all the um all the attacks, you know, that it, it's just totally been unfair. Oh, yeah. Totally unfair. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of Democrat, independent, or Republican. It's just been unfair. For sure. And you can't get things things done if you're always being sidetracked. That's so true. So true. No, I've I've uh, I've seen Barr's book.
0: I've I just haven't picked it up yet, but I'm hearing that from you, I'm definitely gonna have to pick it up for sure. Love learning yeah. love about that
1: stuff too. So Good yeah point. it yeah his book is is really good uh he does go and analyze things um in a manner in which it's based upon here are these legal points here are these legal documents here's this 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 this. Mm-hmm. you know so i'm waiting for miranda's next book on the the uh what's called the laptop from hell that's right. it laptop from hell uh it was it was an okay book i think she could have gone deeper into what was there she kept it very superficial maybe to not be seen as this vindictive you know individual right. but here's just some of the subtle things i want to see the book uh, the the photo book you know yeah. i want to see like a playboy uh, <laughs> of everything that's on there i've got a couple of my uh, spooks who you know have i don't know how they got access to it but You know, guys in intelligence who have gotten uh, access to it and they say it's it's really demeaning. It's really, you know, debasing demeaning or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, the Chinese have a habit, the Russians and Chinese.